America. My name is Amir Osei Frimpong. I come to you live every Friday about this time. And today I'm going to talk about the need for a black Haggadah. It's not obvious what the Haggadah is and why we need a black one, but the Haggadah is the text for the Passover Seder. And I think it's, um, it's good because it tells the Jews who they are. It tells the Jews who's trying to get them. And it tells the Jews uh, why God favors them, right? Who they are internally, like as favored people. Um, it tells them who everybody else is who's trying to wipe them out. And it tells them that ultimately they will win because God favors them. And why you need a black Haggadah is right now blackness is, is defined externally. It's defined because it's a created identity. It's a created um it's a created ethnicity that that emerged out of the needs of the rather rapacious colonial and sociopathic whites. Like, for example, my dad's from Ghana. My mom's from South Carolina. My dad in Ghana isn't black. He's Ghanaian. He's Ashanti, right? So he only becomes black when he becomes here, when he comes here, right? So there is no internal meaning about what it means to be black that's been spiritualized. It's only external that... Um, uh, externally imposed. So we need to actually process what it means and remind ourselves what it means to be black because it's not obvious that uh, it comes with a history and that history is tied to the history of colonialism and the history is tied to the history of like these awful white people who have all of these cultural institutions that legitimize their awfulness and we need a cultural institution that clarifies and legitimizes the fight against their awfulness. And so what the Haggadah does is it, it's actually, it's a, it's a rather fantastic, like, cultural experience. If you've never been to a, a Jewish <coughs> Passover meal, do it and then reflect, watch this, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm just kind of right. Because built into the ceremony is like an interrogation of what it means. Right, and so there's a section where there's supposed to be four wise children or wise sons, or four children who ask questions, and they're all different kinds of questions. And the most interesting question is the is the question that the wicked the wicked child's supposed to ask, and the wicked child's supposed to ask is, "What does this mean to you?" Um, or yeah, what is this? What is all this to you? As if like it's just your thing, and I do my thing, and you do your thing, and we're all just liberal individuals, and like it's nice that you do this, but like. It's not, you know, that important because the wicked child, part of their wickedness is they don't understand that part of what it is to be a Jew, which the wicked child is, is to be part of a community with a history that's intergenerational and they can be individuals within the community. They're not individuals abstracted from the community. There are no abstract individuals. They are, you can be an individual Jew. And if you think you're an abstract individual and you're not part of a community, you're a little bit forsaken and also it's you are confused and a little bit evil there's a reason why this is called the wicked child so that's that's like the black kid who doesn't know that they're black and um so there is no they don't understand the community and the we and the and the whole kind of cultural ceremony and ritual is to both remind people what it is to make to be a jew and also to like like rejuvenate 
and sustain the, the community. So it's, it's an education that actually does work, right? So we, there is no internal education that does work. And Alex Haley tried to fix this with Roots, right? So apparently when he wrote Roots, he's like, I wanted a myth for my people to live by. And I don't know if Roots did that. I don't think Roots did that. But it's a good aspiration. Do you know who does do this? And I'll give the chat. There is one organization, one black organization that does this very well. Uh, that has like the appropriate um, kind of black Haggadah energy that we need. That organization is, wait for it, wait for it, the Nation of Islam. The NOI got it right about this part of the game, the Nation of Islam. The black Haggadah, you will find there is enough there because they have a story about who the whites are, who the blacks are, how the whites are evil, what it means to be black, what it means to be white, and it's got a, 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 a myth that makes sense, that's explanatory to who the people are as a people. Um, and that is actually, it's in, and so it internalizes the, intent, the identity. So people aren't confused about who the devils are, and people aren't confused about what, they, what, uh, what the stakes are. Right, and that is that is what is necessary—a spiritualization, an in, and that's like an internal intellectualization of the problem. So it's not just like people doing bad things to you, right? Imagine like so. Let's say that you have, a, um, let's say you are dropped in the middle of a football game. You know nothing about the rules of football. You don't know why it's a game. You know nothing about like what the purpose of the game is. It's just that all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, people are hitting you. There, 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 there are uh, whistles going off, and all of a sudden, like you know, you kind of figure out over trial and error how not to get hit, and then how people like somehow cheer for you if you move a certain way, but then they boo you if you do a different sort of way. But you don't know anything about the rules of the game. You're just kind of making it up externally by people how people treat you you don't know anything about the rules nobody's ever given you a game right so you don't know what you're doing you've kind of figured out over trial and error how to make it through the game without getting hit and without too many people yelling at you that's the black experience that's the black experience without a Haggadah right and the person with the Haggadah is a person who knows what the game of football is. They know the rules. They know what to expect from the referees. They, they can plan, uh, certainly, because they know what they're doing. They're not just, they didn't get their knowledge like from an external imposition. Their knowledge was acculturated, so they know internally what's going on and who they are and what they're doing. That's the difference. The difference between someone who's thrown into a game and doesn't know anything about the rules of, fo of football and then someone whose parent is a football coach. <laughs> <laughs> and like and knows everything about it baseball the same way you can play golf the same way someone who knows why everything is the way it is and what they what their purpose is on the field in their different positions um and can talk about it at kind of an intellectual level and knows why the other person's trying to hit them and knows why the the, the uh, and can give a reason why the ref blew the whistle that time but not that time as opposed to the other person who doesn't know the rule and is just playing but just like is playing scared because sometimes they get hit, sometimes they don't, and all this other stuff, right? So the black Haggadah would actually be the rule book. Would 
would be the um the the rule book of like what it means to be black so we need a myth on what and you know wb du bois talks about this a little bit in his um um uh racist speech oh gosh racist wb du bois i'm gonna hit the opening and talk a little bit more about kind of the historical origins about why this is important and and what we need to know so wb du bois talks uh kind of goes into something similar when he talks about the conservation of the in, in his speech on the conservation of the races he's like race is like it's not a biological construct it's a historical construct but it's real insofar as there are we built entire institutions in order to support it so we need to know the history of these institutions and we need to know what these institutions mean and like how they are kind of contradictory in order to understand who we are and the unique contribution that black people can make and make no mistake the progress comes through contradictions progress comes through contradictions people who are satisfied and self-satisfied they don't progress they just kind of get lazy fat and die progress comes through contradictions and black life is in, in the united states is an enormous contradiction because we are you know a republic of equals with people who are steadily and like <laughs> um um used to be explicitly but uh now implicitly uh you know subhuman Right. So if black people were actually equal, then then our contribution wouldn't be as meaningful as it is. But actually mediating on the black struggle is not just good for black people. It's good for America. There's a kind of there's a universality in it that it's not is that is not true of the Jewish Haggadah, right? So the Jewish Haggadah teaches Jews how to be Jews and who to fight and why and what it means and that they're favored it's pretty everybody else is not really it's not it's not about them it's a particular identity and that's how they get meaning in their life right it's not really about them who they are and the only thing you need to know about people who aren't is that they're a threat to you right it's a particular identity the black struggle and the black Haggadah talks about the black struggle but it also has a universal import so because what's good for black people isn't just good for black people it's a it's a you know it starts it's a universal source but it i mean it's a particular source in the black struggle but it actually improves america and improves the, you know the project of freedom and democracy right so the black Haggadah would be is good for everybody but it is about the black experience and part of the black experience is knowing how we are similar to our oppressors and knowing how we differ right um and so like it would actually it would have kind of it would start it would start with blackness and start with the black experience um and what it means to be black but you can't really talk about what it means to be black unless you talk about what it means to be white in a really important way so and this is why i think that like you know part of the united states one of the big problems with our race um conversation is we're not honest about how awful white people are made 
their families make them awful, their business structures make them awful, their stories make them awful, their Christianity makes all of these institutions that make awful white people the awful people that they are in a way that actually kind of holds back the progress of the nation, which is why, you know, the progress of the nation is going to come through the mediation of the black struggle, right? Martin Luther King is probably one of the best Americans that was produced in the 20th century, and he taught Americans how to be Americans by thinking through the black struggle, right? So the black struggle has a universal import insofar as we are the standing contradiction. We are the, we are like as a community and as we're, um, as we are made in the institutions that we are allowed to have subhuman and sub-American. Yet we are inextricably American. So we're a standing contradiction, contradiction and kind of working through the contradiction of black life in America is as a universal import for, you know, constitutional democracies all over the world, right? So whereas working through the Haggadah has a particular import for the Jewish people, working through the black struggle has a universal import for like the realization of freedom in the world. So like it's actually, there's a public interest in the formulation of a black Haggadah, except the public shouldn't really form it I should form it or black people should form it. And then, um, you know, it kind of grows from that because we are the contradiction. Asking self-satisfied white people about like what needs to be solved in America is not the recipe for progress in America. It's the recipe for all of the problems in America. It's pretty much both Republican and Democratic politics, which is why like the League of, you know, people with pussy hats and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, uh, you know, fetishes, and then the Republicans with the MAGA hats, none of them are going to actually lead the progress of America. You need to, it's got to start with the racial struggle um, in, a, in a powerful way if we're serious about, if we're serious about like how do we work through in, universal, in a universal way um, uh, how to make a better nation, right? So particular justice for the black people is a progress for the nation and for the world, right? So in the same way that if you, if you steal my bike and I get my bike back, it's not just good for me, it's good for property, right? It's good for like the realization of property right. It seems like it's just particular and good for me, but it's not just good for me because if I don't get my bike right, and we, we have all of these um, stories about why it's legitimate that someone could steal my bike, then that's not just bad for me because they stole my bike. It's bad for like how we understand property, right? So the black Haggadah will not just dignify the black people and explain why reparations are necessary and, and, and help us think through that. It will actually, it'll have a universal import. And one other thing, let me just um, dig down a little bit deeper why, about, about what it is about the Haggadah that makes it special. It is an intellectual wrestling with what it means to be a people. And it's built into the ceremony. So you have like, like the regular um, ceremonial aspects about their oppression, but then it's this question and answer and the feedback and the emphasis on what it is to be an individual member of the community is to be an individual member 
of the community, not an individual member abstracted from the community. That means an individual participant with this history of struggle that, uh, and this um, history of vulnerability and the ultimate favor of God. And all of that is an internal understanding of what it means to be a Jew. It's not just an external one. You're not letting um, you know, the Nazi treatment or the Egyptian treatment define what it means to be a Jew. Rather, you're m meditating on it and mediating on it and thinking about it and working it through what it means to be a Jew internally um, and with the help of divine favor. Right? So we need a black Haggadah, um, and it'll be of national import. Now, depending on who you talk to, the 1619 Project is a black Haggadah, but it needs to be obviously spiritual, obviously tied to freedom, um, and it, it, it could actually be secular um, insofar as self-determination has uh, normativity in America, as in, like, why is it good? Well, because it's, it's, it's a form of self-determination. We need to show the all of the different variegated attacks against black self-determination. Look, black families, there are lots of ways to determine yourself. Property is a form of self-determination. I get to claim something that's not mine and you have to recognize it as mine. That has been thrown off at, for black people in America. They call it gentrification, but it's pretty much telling black people what you have is only what you have insofar as white people don't want it yet. <laughs> and when they want it, they can just take it or... Uh, buy a boss for it, right? So, like, that's a form of self-determination property. Um, uh, you know, another form of self-determination is the ability to decide, decide, like, how you want to organize your family, what kind of family you want. Black people, and this is actually, I feel like, an under-researched um, topic, and I haven't found good research on it because everyone either talks about, like, no, no one's put together a systematic study on the attack on the black family. Like from slavery to like the liberalization of 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 divorce in in black communities because we don't have an internal fight and we don't have a black Haggadah that tells black people not to divorce. <laughs> so um, so, but we have a lot of norms that say like, well, you know, if your man's a bus driver, bounce, adjust your crown, queen. And by the way, this king and queen um, nonsense is not really good for black working class people because it confuses, it, it's the anti-Haggadah. It confuses people about what it means to be black because you can't have kings and queens without peasants. And apparently peasants uh, shouldn't, shouldn't marry uh, Ebony Williams. By the way, you know, I might do a game, I might do a show on that Friday. I'm oh, not Friday, Monday. My free game show on, will be on like the Ebony Williams debacle. Um, and probably next Thursday show is going to be on like the H1 B bigotry, the H1 bigotry of uh, <clears throat> uh, Ramaswamy making a whole presidential campaign out of kicking black people because there's nothing more American than kicking black people. Look, he's, he's a Brahmin from India. He was, you know, it's got five generations of kicking, kicking poor people and, and degraded people, stigmatized people over in India. Now he comes to the United States and, and does what his family's been doing for, for, you know, generations over there, kicks the poor and degraded um, for profit here. So the H1 bigotry of, of uh, Ramaswamy needs to get talked about because his ass wouldn't have been here if not for the civil rights movement because before 1965 uh, we didn't like brown people in the, we didn't let them in there are hard quarters about how many browns um, were in the United States there are only like 200,000 Indian Americans in the United States in um, 
1980, right? So this onslaught of, and, and like insofar as they're against reparations, I'll call them an onslaught, this invasion of Indian Americans, now they're in the millions, is, uh, and you know, many of them come over on H-1B visas, like Wamaswamy's parents. Um, I don't care how good you are at math, if you're gonna come here and talk bad about black people, you need to go back. <laughs> if you're gonna come here and fight um, against black um, justice claims, you need to go back. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I went out right before this, I you know, did my run and I put my glasses down and I can't find them now. By the way, uh, you should, if you appreciate anything I'm doing, you should go to Super Chat and give to Super Chat because every dollar I make this week and next week goes to sending my kids to Bulldog Soccer Camp. Let's send the Osei Frimpong, three kids, to this fancy soccer camp because I, I you know, I, I coach my kids' rec league team and I'm pretty hard on them as a rec coach um, and they're, they're, they're pretty good soccer players. But I want to send them to like, this camp so they one know that i'm not i'm not unduly hard on them i just expect them to be good and i want them to be with other girls for three days and and my son too um who are at least as tough and as good as they are so they know that they can come home and be grateful that my dad uh and i kind of put like you know my coaching philosophy in context so i want to pay for them to go to this fancy camp but I just found it a few weeks ago and it's $500 a pop. So it's $1,500 for my kids to do three days of soccer. But I, you know, I got the, the schedule for the camp and it looks like they know what they're doing. And uh, I want my kids to go. And so I'm going to pay for them to go. And you can help me send them to go because every dollar from this week's show is going to go to this unforeseen, but I think important experience. And like, you know, I might come back with, with pictures and stuff. Um, or I won't be there, but like, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. You'll know your, your money's going well, going to some place where it's worthwhile. Cause I'm telling you exactly what I'm going to spend it on. It's going to be on this kid, this, this soccer camp, um, which is expensive. Ah, yeah. They play with me. I'm, you know, my dad's going to end and, and my mom's from South, from South Carolina. Uh, but my dad's going to end and before the divorce, my dad used to play soccer with me, so I play a lot of soccer with my kids. And I think the camp would be good for them. Anyway, thank you for your time. I will see you next week with the show on, well, free game on Monday, where I talk about the problem with just, um, with, with clowning on working class black men who like work for a living, which I think Ebony Williams is doing, even if she admits that she doesn't think she was. All right, take care.